everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Attendance Bias. I am your host, Brian Weinstein. Today's guest is Illinois native Brett Kreiner. Brett messaged me on fish.net, and he explained that he was a fan of the podcast and that an earlier episode, the one where actor Luke Legraff talked about the importance of the song Lizards, inspired him to reach out, and he wanted to tell his story about Miss You. At first, Brett said that he wanted to talk about the performance of Miss You from October 28, 2018 at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois. But as we went back and forth and Brett explained the importance of the song overall, not just that performance, it became clear that Miss You meant more to Brett and his family than one seven-minute performance from 2018. But I'll leave it to Brett to tell all the details. So let's join him to hear about the 1980s WWF stars at Indio, the importance of fish ballads, and making peace with the problems of your hometown venue as we talk about Miss You. Let's meet today's guest. Brett, welcome to Attendance Bias. Thanks for joining me today. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we're here to talk about kind of two different versions of the same thing. We're here to talk about the version of Miss You from October 28th, 2018 at Allstate Arena in Illinois, but also the larger picture, which is Miss You as a song in itself and what it means to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll get to that in just a moment. But before we get to Miss You and Allstate Arena and the fall tour of 2018, let's get to know you a little bit as a fan. So we're going to get into the Attendance Bias Lightning Round. You ready? Sure. Yep. Attendance Bias Lightning Round. All right, Brett. When was your first fish show? Uh, so first show was uh, 7-8-2000. So 21 years ago, just last week uh, and- up at Alpine Valley. And that was released on Live Fish a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, it was. And that's like, that's one that people think shouldn't have been a Live Fish, you know, release. You know, there's not many big jams, but, you know, you can get into all the uh, things on Fish.net and Fantasy Tour, you know, bashing it and everything. But it's a good, clean show from 2000. And I think that might be why they picked it. What do you Um, remember most about it? What I remember most is, you know, it was the summer before going into high school and was able to convince my parents to let my brother Keith take me to the show. And, uh, you know, the car ride up to the show was as big of an event for us. We got to the lot at like 2.30 in the afternoon. Um, <laughs> Early risers, you know, huh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they were, you know, they were all going into their senior year and I was going to be a freshman. and. Um, I just remember, you know, being in the back of the car and having our little ritual in the back seat on the way up through all the cornfields and a couple of things I remember hearing. I didn't know the song Possum before. I remember hearing it in the car on the way up there. And then they played Possum that night. And the the biggest thing that I'll remember is being in the show, and they open with Punch You in the Eye. And I'm a 14-year-old kid looking around just having no idea what the hell is going <laughs> on, you know. And uh, I life-changing for sure. And what was your most recent show to date? The last Alpine show. So 714, I think it was, the Ruby Waves show. Not a good or not a bad uh, last show to go out on for now. Sure. Yeah, that, I mean, that was that was something else. <laughs> and all things considered, what is your favorite venue? It's got to be the gorge. I mean, and I think like 
almost every other guest of yours says the gorge or msg and those are two of my top ones but i mean nothing beats that place yeah um, it's it's almost like outside of ranking exactly yeah, yeah it's, it's like the big cypress yeah. of venues you know it's right, like in yeah. its own category it's like take out the gorge what's your favorite venue sort of thing you know i agree exactly so our our local you know we're only about an hour from alpine and i've had kind of love hate things with alpine i'm on the love end of alpine again i've just learned how to deal with alpine you can't <laughs> hang out in the lot too long you got to just get into the show get a good spot and then you're good I've had a similar feeling with the Nassau Coliseum because I live in New York and I mm-hmm. grew up right near the Coliseum and it's got such a great history and so many good shows, but my fellow Long Islanders, please forgive me. It sucks as a venue. <laughs> it's just so terrible. You yeah. can't walk two feet without being shoulder to shoulder with someone else. The bathrooms are one entrance, one exit. And mm-hmm. even the stalls only have like three or four per bathroom. It is just a miserable place with great shows. So you got to deal with the hand you're dealt locally, right? Right. Yeah, exactly, man. If you could jump in a time machine and travel back to any fish show that you've attended, aside from the one that we're talking about today, October, 2016, 2018, excuse me. If you could time travel back to any other fish show that you've attended, which one would it be? Um, that's really tough. You know, part of me wants to say the last one that, Alpine, the Ruby Waves show. I mean, you know, even you take the Ruby Waves out of that show, that whole first set was unbelievable, you know. Um, but I think I would have to go back to the Gorge. Um, the last time I've been there since then, I went in 16 and we went in 18 as well. But I think I would go back to that. The first night of the Gorge in 2013, so it's July 26th. And really, the reason is. It was an amazing trip. That's the last time I've been to a show with both of my brothers and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, Kristen, was there. And it was kind of her first time hanging with everyone in the family. And so it was just a weekend of fish with both my brothers, my wife, you know, and my brother's wife, Jen, just, and you're at the gorge watching fish with your favorite people. So I think that's probably where I'd have to go. And what's your overall favorite fish year? Um, that's tough too. You know, right. You get, you like, you, you go back and you listen to different years, um, for different moods, but I usually tend to go to, if it's not a show I went to or a show that just happened, I'm going back to probably 97 and listening to those. Right. So today your answer is 1997. Ask you tomorrow. It might be different. Could be 93, you know? Right. (laughs) And so the last question of the lightning round, this is always my favorite and usually the favorite of the guest. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen at a fish show? And that, that's it. That's a really tough one too. I think that, honestly the weirdest, and maybe it's the best thing is uh, at, at festival eight, we're walking into the Halloween show and we round the corner, like around this fence. And there is these dudes, like six dudes, all dressed up like perfect 80s, early 90s WWF uh, <laughs> wrestlers. And we just see, you know, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan going after Hulk Hogan with a two by four, uh, Randy Savage. And they went all out wrestling match for about 10 minutes. And so that might be the best thing I've seen other than 
fish. Um, <laughs> but it was it was definitely weird, you know, even for Halloween. I was not expecting that. So you mentioned that you're from the Illinois area, that you've lived there for most of your life anyway. So how did you first get into fish? I was trying to think of what year it would be, probably sixth grade. Um, and I was in the car with my brother, Ryan, who was probably finishing up high school at the time. And he's driving me somewhere in the car. And I can picture the road, too. We're on St. Mary's Road. And we're driving. It's kind of a wooded area. And I hear the song Way on the stereo in the car. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And I love this. This is amazing. What are they singing about? What is this guitar? Who is this singer? And so that and that's kind of where it all started, you know, and I was a middle school kid. And that's when I could get into the the weird, the craziness of it all. And uh, that's what kind of brought me in. When was this show played? So let's get into the context of today, what we're talking about today, the Miss You from October 28th, 2018 at Allstate Arena, but also, of course, the song in itself. Uh, it was played during the fall tour, toward the end of the fall tour in 2018. How many shows did you see on that tour? What do you remember about that time? Um, so I saw two shows on that tour, and it was just the sort of the only time I've ever done this, where I did the Friday and the Sunday nights of that tour. Um, we had to skip Saturday, and I'll get into the reason why we had to skip Saturday. But yeah, so just the two here. I just want to also speak a little bit to the song, Miss You, and my uh, impressions of it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I'm sure everyone would. So Miss You was off Big Boat, and when that album was released, I wasn't very enthusiastic about most of the songs because in general, and this might be a controversial Fish opinion, maybe not, I don't think (laughs) Trey is really my type of lyricist. You could immediately tell when he wrote a song as opposed to any other member in the Fish universe, whether it's Tom Marshall or another member of the band, certainly Fishman. And in more recent years of 3.0, God bless him, Trey's really trying to stretch himself as a songwriter, as a lyricist. But sometimes I think he overshoots it a little bit. I think that he attempts to be poetic with figurative language, like in Soul Planet or Set Your Soul Free or more. And these are songs that get a lot of guff for, you know, for being a little too on the nose, you know, for myself as well. I'm one of the people giving it guff. I think it ends up <laughs> crosses that line. I think it's a little too cheesy for me. Uh, it's deserving of the dad rock term as a pejorative, but Miss You was a little different for me. It's quite literal. And I mean that in yeah. a good way. I think when Trey speaks directly from his heart, as opposed to trying to wrap it up in the ocean is love <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, set your soul free, these kind of platitudes, these very wide platitudes that are I don't want to, they're, they're not meaningless, but they're too, they're too um, abstract to really connect with a lot of people. What do you think? And maybe, the, and maybe there's, I think with that, maybe there's too many of those that happened at the same time. Yeah. You know, with the soul plan, you know, it's kind of, it's a lot there kind of all coming out of that same era. So I could see then you might be a little more forgiving of it if it's not three songs, you know? With, yeah. At that same time, you know. Yeah, and maybe more that I'm not thinking of right now. Uh, But the thing with Miss You that kind of hooked me a little bit, in the beginning, again, I was maybe rolling my eyes at it when I first heard it. But when I slowed down and listened to the lyrics, it's 
about something very specific that's actually very complex under the surface. It's clearly about loving someone who passed. And to me, when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, it's a song about Trey's sister. That's very good for him to get that out. You know, it's kind of the the partner song to Joy. That's mm-hmm. the way I yeah. read it. Yeah. And I'm very happy that he's able to express it. And I think it comes straight from his soul. It's specific enough about something, missing someone who has uh, passed away, but it's general enough that people in the audience can relate it to their own lives. And that's a tightrope. You know, it's hard to Mm. kind of hit that moving target where you're not going overboard with being cheesy, but you're also speaking from your heart. And the one that clicked for me, the one that made me go, oh, this is something worth listening to and digging deep into your soul, oddly enough, was when Bob Weir sang it in Nashville in 2016. Are you familiar with that? I think think that's a big moment for a lot of people with that song where it's like, oh, Jerry. It's about Jerry. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's what made that connection for me, that hearing yeah. hearing another voice take Trey's lyrics, and it means, you could tell that it means something similar to someone else, then it's yeah. like, oh, it can mean something like that for me too. And that's what brought mm-hmm. me into Miss You. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because I've been, I've been listening to a lot of your episodes and like, I just listened to your episode on the sand from 99, the like 12, 12, 8, 99 sand. Yeah, that's with my uh, friend Chris Casey, I think, was with that it's, one. That's a great, a great episode. And then I immediately put the jam on. But I'm walking my dog, listening to your podcast, and I'm like getting pumped up walking <laughs> to it, you know, not even listening to the music. And I'm like rage walking around the neighborhood, you know, and probably scaring people away. And I'm a teacher in this neighborhood too. So it's like, you know, whatever, but, (laughs) um, and, uh, you know, so you have all these, these episodes that are like these big epic moments and everything. And then I'm picking people's probably bathroom song, you know, (laughs) but you know, it, it, the, the reason it means so much to me, and I think it kind of starts with me as a fan. It's like my, my favorite thing to see at a fish show is when they get, real dark you know real dark and heavy in a jam that's that's my favorite fish i love the goofy stuff but there's another part of me man that loves that like second set cool down where they've just melted your face you you are helpless you're just standing there just and they just slow it down a great example and maybe you were at this show a great example of this was um not a new year's show 12 30 16 when that, you know, that there. whole second set, the tweezer, the sparks. Um, I, think I the flipped ghost. out like crazy. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. And my wife, Kristen, and I were sitting there and we're with um, my buddy and his dad, my buddy Wes and his dad, Bill. And we're sitting there like in the 200 levels on the on the railing and just an unbelievable set. And at the end of it, the second to last song, they do uh, Waiting in the Velvet Sea, which I've always loved. And that was exactly what everyone in that room needed at that mm-hmm. moment. And that solo, and because they'd just been, they couldn't do anything wrong. You know, they like drop out of it for a little and Trey's solo. It, it just, the entire arena is dead silent. And sometimes that moment that that solo coming out of one of those is the best moment that you walk away. Remembering like, that's when you put your arm around your buddy, you know, that's when you really are feeling it, you know? Yeah. So I've always kind of loved that moment. So the slow songs, I'm always willing to give them a a chance, you know. 
Miss You debuted on June 24th, 2016, which yes. is the day day before my wedding. And so we live in the Chicago area. Those were shows at Wrigley Field. Obviously, we couldn't go to the shows because we had a, other plans. So, um, so, you know, I'm getting ready at my hotel room. And I've got the Live Fish app on and I'm listening. And I see this new song, Miss You. So I put it on. And immediately, I'm brought to a place with my dad who had passed away in 2009, um, you know, who couldn't be at the wedding, obviously. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there getting ready and I hear this song and I know it's about Trey's sister and I'm just feeling it. And I'm like, holy shit, like, here's this moment. They debut this song tonight or last night and I get to have this moment with just me and my dad, you know? And so ever since then, it was just kind of a special song. And I, I always liked kind of the the progression the the chord progression of it and then i don't know if you ever saw this one where trey played on the prairie home companion no i haven't and he plays a miss you with chris steely and that whole band and it's so good it's all acoustics like a country style and after that that's when i was like okay i'm gonna learn how to play this song and then the song on guitar yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah and also Um, that's the debut I'm just thinking, I'm trying to picture in my mind's eye, you know, the night before a wedding and, you know, hearing it in a room by yourself. It's also in a hometown venue for you. You know, you're so near Chicago, it's at Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that that adds another layer of meaning. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and, you know, most of our friends were there, but we, we had the, you know, that rehearsal dinner, I guess we had to go to that Mm. one. so. (laughs) So, but yeah, so, you know, I just kind of had this moment and then I, I just really loved the song and it was kind of the song that would bring me back to my dad and I learned how to play it on guitar and didn't really think too much of it. And then unfortunately, we're kind of fast forwarding to 2018. And what year, and, I'm sorry, what year did you get married? Just so we have a sense of a timeline. Oh yeah, uh, 2016. So, okay, this so your was, father passed away in 2009, your wedding was yep. 2016 and now we're in 2018. 2018. Okay. Now, yeah. February of 2018, my brother, so I'm the youngest of three. So my brother Keith passed away. And that time is, you know, everything just kind of stops and there's nothing you can really do to get yourself through it, except for, you know, I just found myself kind of playing my guitar and playing my guitar. And I was just kind of thinking, and we had it was sort of unique circumstances where we had about 10 days before we were going to do the service. So I had a little time and started playing guitar and found myself playing Miss You. And I reached out to my oldest brother, Ryan, and I said, hey, what if we, and he plays guitar, he plays mandolin. I said, you know, what if we do this at Keith's service? Because the service is going to be in a church. Um, the singer does an amazing job, but they're songs that don't really mean anything to us and don't mean anything to Keith. You know, Keith, my brother, Keith took me to my first show. Um, We've been to plenty of shows since then. And what if we do something that's a little more meaningful for us? And then also like one of the best things about this was it gave us something to do together to just kind of like occupy our minds. You know, you have all this family in town and it gave us an excuse. Hey, we've got to go practice this song, you know, and we could get away from everyone and have a beer together and play the song, you know. And so we ended up playing it at the service. 
And at that point, then this song, Miss You Now, is this like anthem for my family, for my friends of like, this is Keith's song. to this day i get texts of like totally random miss you just came on on the radio and like on a station that it doesn't belong on you know they're like <laughs> and they're feeling the presence of my brother you know so the song's kind of with me and with my family um so that's february of 2018 when my brother passed away i'm sorry and, to interrupt you i just oh, I yeah. wonder if that also is part of how trey copes you know with the loss oh. of his sister because I mean, you are the face that you're making. I know people yeah. at home can't see it, but to you, yeah. it's just like, obviously. Well, right? because I, you probably saw the, you've seen between me and my yes. mind, I'm yes, sure. I have. You know, you can tell he, he doesn't really do that well talking about his emotions. He always think. smiles and starts, yeah. to feel, you know, it's like a defense yeah. mechanism. Not that we're psychologists yeah. talking about Trey Anastasia, but right. he, his go-to is to smile and awkwardly laugh. You know, I'm a yeah. teacher also, and I'm a middle school mm -hmm. teacher. So I see that with my students too. When things yeah. get a little tough for them, whether it's emotionally or intellectually, they giggle. Right. You know, it's like a natural response. So I agree with you. You know, he, yeah. he loves to talk, but sometimes he dances a lot in his, in his speaking. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that for him to put, you know, and like you had said earlier, like when I first heard this, you know, obviously it came out on this day, this big meaningful day from, you know, my wedding and with my dad, but a part of me was like proud of Trey. Like, Hey, you did, you wrote this really great song for your sister, you know? Yeah. And um, it, it, like, and I was talking about this before and you touched on big parts of this, that it's a simple song. You know, when you were learning it, it's not, especially compared to many other fish songs, it's <laughs> you're a guitarist it might not take you as long as learning Tila, for example. <laughs> right, yeah. But lyrically also, it seems very simple on the surface, but it touches on a lot of universal thoughts and emotions and feelings that someone who's lost a loved one goes through, like the idea that things will get easier, but they don't. You know, it's something you have to live with, not get past. Uh, the idea that the person who passed is still alive or at least still present. Right. in whether it's the faces around you that Trey says, or like you said, the text that you receive and the thoughts that you hear from mm -hmm. others, you know, that person might not be alive, but they're not gone. Yeah. That right. kind of, you know, and that's a, that's a good point too. Like that. There's not a lot of universal fish songs, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> so, true. So it's, it's kind of makes it special there too, you know? And there's one, there was one last point, And then I want you to keep telling your story that the idea that the loved one is frozen in time 
you know, the last mm-hmm. time that you saw it, I, I, I don't have the lyrics of Miss You in front of me, but it's something like, my life keeps going, but you're still the same. And mm-hmm. I miss right. this person is frozen in time based on your memories. And there are so many moments that we should have shared. And I yeah. miss you. I wonder if there's like a sense of guilt there in a way. Maybe guilt's not the right word. Maybe that's just my Jewish upbringing. Coming to it, you should be guilty <laughs> yeah. about everything. But, you know, that maybe there's this thing that like the person isn't there to share it with you. And it's what you want more than anything, you know, right. to yeah. share that. And it always comes back to this same idea, the title that and I miss you. You know, it's a simplistic yeah. idea that you miss this person. But when you dig into the how you miss the person and why you miss the person, it's not so simple anymore. Right. You know, and, and, and that's a really that's really well said, man, because it's you know, and that's unfortunately I've had, you know, friends since then who have lost a sibling or lost a loved one. And it's like it's not always going to get better. And you just kind of have to embrace that and take it in. And like deep down what happened, you know, when you're sick, you just miss that person and you just want them with you. And you're right. It just does that for you, you know? So after 2016, after you have the service for your brother, Mm -hmm. now you wanted to fast forward to 2018. So what's going on now? Yeah. So, so my brother had passed away in February of, 2018 and I had already had gotten tickets for the Trey shows at the Chicago theater that following April. And I had, I got tickets from my mom and her boyfriend, Bill. And I thought this was a perfect way to bring them to a show, but it's at the Chicago theater. So it's kind of nice in there. Like the fans aren't going to get too weird. It's a Trey show, not a fish show. You know, I'm not going to bring her to the gorge. Like she doesn't need to see the late night campground scene or anything like that. And they have a place they live, uh, you know, about a five minute walk from there. So when the show's over, they can just walk back to the mm-hmm. place. It's kind of like a PG 13 rated tray yeah, show, you know? Sure. Um, and so we had already had plans for this. And then in that meantime was when my brother had passed away. And so this was about almost exactly two months after my brother passed away and um, so we went, we went to the show. So it was my wife, Kristen, and then my mom and her boyfriend, fiance now, Bill. And a couple of Keith's friends came and did like a little pregame in the condo, you know, G-rated pregame <laughs> in the condo. And we go to the Great show. Juice and getting excited. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A little white wine, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's the Trey Trio Tour is that one and it's a 420 show so i guess i didn't really think about that with the the whole pg 13 but anyway we get to the show and i'm thinking it would be so cool if he played miss you but he's never played it with trey band ever before or anything and at some point in the second set and now i can't even remember what he played before and what he played right after but at some point in the second set he goes into miss you and it's just a group big group hug with tears flowing the whole time and it's like wow, that's, that's really amazing that that just happened, you know, for the show. Like that's probably the one song that my mom knew (laughs) and wanted to see. And so that was the, obviously the highlight of that show um, for us. Um, The other highlight really for me was about 30 seconds into that show. My mom turns and looks at me and just goes, he is so good. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And then, so then, we, um, a couple months later, uh, we have a trip to the gorge plan. And so now this is July 22nd of 2018. 
And um, this was one of those things where uh, the night of my brother's service, we're at his friend Dave's house. And, you know, it's been a long day, long night. Everyone's drinking and the drunken plans start rolling out. <laughs> all right, we're going. We're going to the gorge. We're going to the gorge. We're all going to go. We're going to go in honor of Keith, you know. And everyone actually follows through on these plans. And so we get out there and my brother Ryan is out there. We're out there, Kristen, my wife, um, a bunch of us are out there. And just to kind of like get together, let's do something fun and celebrate Keith. And the first two nights and days of the gorge are great. Third night of the gorge in the second set, they go in to miss you. And so you can just imagine like after this weekend of celebrating, it's just, again, tears just flowing and flowing. So this is all really, really special stuff. I'm kind of like, now I'm just connected to the song. And like, I continue to get these texts from friends about it, you know, heard, miss you, thinking of Keith, thinking of you guys. And I run into this guy that lives around here in town and he's, he's got some kind of connection to the music business and a little backstory on him. Like he, he has a connection with, um, Someone in Fish's, like, I think it's actually uh, their tour manager. And he used to, when Fish would announce tour dates, I used to be able to email him. And he would be able to get me, like, band seats for shows. So, oh, wow. like, 2010, I was 10th row. They had still had seats on the floor at MSG right. that year. I was 10th row right in front of Trey. Um, yeah, if they play New Year's at the Garden again, I'm going to give you a call. Yeah, well... <laughs> I, so then, you know, then I had, you know, we had a bunch of really, really good seats. And then I guess I maybe overdid it. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah. he doesn't get me those tickets anymore, which is totally cool. Uh, but I ran into him and I was talking to him and I kind of started telling him this story about, about Miss You. And I was like, I don't know what you could do, but like, if I wrote a letter, I don't want anything out of it. But if I wrote a letter, would you be able to pass it on? And he's like, absolutely. I can... I don't know if he'll get it, but I can absolutely yeah. pass this pass this letter on. So I write him this letter. I email it over to him. It just kind of happens that it's like leading up to these fall shows in Chicago. And I get an email probably like the Tuesday or Wednesday before the Chicago shows. It just says, uh, it's Richard Glasgow, I think is their mm -hmm. tour manager. Yes. And it says, yep. Richard said he's going to get your letter to Trey. I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. And I haven't told <laughs> yeah. anyone about this. Cause like, you know, you look like an idiot, like I'm going to write a letter to Trey. Yeah, I did. No, you're not. Yeah. yeah. I wrote it to <laughs> yeah, Fishing, yeah. Burlington, Vermont. Right. It's like, no, you're just a loser. You're not going to write him a letter. He's not going to read it, you know? So I'm not telling anybody about it, but you know, those, as those Chicago shows are coming up, um, I had mentioned that I grew up, you know, so I was born out in New Jersey, but we grew up around here and, we had talked about the Jets and Mets thing, and we're all stuck with as diehard Jets fans and Keith being the most diehard. So that weekend, um, the Jets were playing in Chicago. They were playing the Bears that weekend. So a bunch of Keith's friends organized this big thing. We got this kind of like big party room at Soldier Field, and it was just a big, both teams sucked, so it didn't matter. <laughs> Everyone was just having a good time. The Jets you know? suck? Come on, no way. Yeah, yeah, that's never <laughs> happened. <laughs> so, you know, so it was just like, it was just this crazy thing where we planned this, you know, the NFL schedule, I think, I guess comes out first, you know, so 
we plan this big party to celebrate Keith. And then fish happens to be coming into town that same weekend, you know, you know, that Friday, we go to that Friday night show and I'm kind of listening. I didn't say anything to anybody. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to play miss you tonight. They don't play it. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to tell anybody, but then post show, you know, after however many beers, whatever, I tell everyone, like, oh, I wrote a letter about it. Like, he didn't do it, but that's okay. I think he read it. And I kind of forget about it a little bit. And we don't, we can't go to the Saturday show because we got a, a little party going on. And then we go to the game and go to the show. So they go through the first few songs. I think it was Heavy Things happened right before it. And we went to my brother's seats for, for Heavy Things. And we're watching that. And I like Heavy Things. And Heavy things ends. I'm like, all right, I'm going to run to the bathroom. Anyone need a beer? And I take two steps up the stairs and Trey busts into that. It's that F sharp, you know, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, no more beers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. And Jen, I'll never forget, you know, Jen, my sister-in-law just looks at me and goes, I think he read your letter. <laughs> and, you oh. know, and it's just like this moment, you know. And we just sat there. And again, it's like, it's funny because every time I talk about this song happening, it's a group hug and tears. And sure. that's all, you know, and we were just like dying there. And it was just such a special thing. You know, I'll never be able to prove that he actually read that letter, but it's in my mind, he read the letter. Yeah. Who's to say he didn't? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of, you know, that's that, that was kind of the whole, the whole build up to it. Well, I did listen to it a number of times. And I think you also mentioned to me in a previous email that you thought that Trey delivered a little something extra in it, you know, whether right. it's vocally or with his guitar, either way, there are parts where I was listening to it through that lens, you know, since, mm -hmm. since I read your email and we had this conversation. Otherwise, I thought the first minute and a half is kind of a typical opening, but I did notice a pretty great vocal effort through Trey in the beginning, but also throughout the song. Right. When I was listening to it again, um, I hadn't listened to it for a little while. And I listened again and I was like, 
man, this is the first signs of, you know, like how great his voice sounds on this new album. I was yeah. like, this is the first kind of sounds signs of that Trey vocal coming through, you know? And toward the middle, what struck me about this version of Miss You is there's a really excellent balance of the whole band dynamic wise that Trey's solo is really good, but Paige is very present in the audience yeah. recording that I used. You know, yeah. Mike and Fishman, this is I don't know if it's rare, but it's kind of a almost typical to the point where you take it for granted, where they're just holding down the rhythm very well, period right. and sentence. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when you do get like a, a ballad like this, that maybe they weren't ready to play or something, that's where you, you'll kind of, it might be a little sloppier or something like that. And, and not anything not even in a bad way. That's why we go see fish, you know, yeah. cause they're not always, they're not always even prepared for what they're going <laughs> to do, but you know, but yeah, they they just sound tight. And this, this version, especially, it is very tight. And they reach a really nice peak that it's slow and steady. It doesn't just, you know, you mentioned a while ago when we were talking about our favorite years, you mentioned 93 or 97. Yeah. They, they were, it was almost impossible for them to slow down at right, points yeah. in those years. You know, like everything was a huge rushed, virtuosic guitar or piano or drum solo or bass fill. And this yeah. time about in 2018, there was a really nice buildup from the part where it's, I think it's a coda where the, where Trey keeps saying you're everywhere. Yeah. After everyone that, me singing like, it. Mm -hmm. Cause I'll they do the everyone. first, the first solo. And then, yeah, after the you're everywhere is when he really, and I, it, I was reading, you know, I read through what you had, what you had written. And then I remembered that I went on uh, fish dot in uh, to listen to the audience recording. Cause mm -hmm. I had been listening on the app. And I was like, oh, I want to listen to that one. At the very beginning of that solo, I feel like he almost goes too hard. And he like takes a step back and then does that build. Like I think he was maybe a little too pumped up for a quick second and kind of relaxed. Yeah, and that's what makes this so special, a song like this so special. Right. Because when you tie in the meaning of it, as we discussed, the maybe therapeutic way that it helps Trey, everything together this is not the place for a big solo or a hard edged speed freak guitar. Solo. <laughs> right. No, yeah. This isn't the place for it. And it just slowly rises like a loaf yeah. of bread. <laughs> and right. then, yeah. And then it just kind of, it doesn't just end, but it does calm down. And mm -hmm. I think that kind of reflects the tone of the song. I think it's very appropriate.
for sure for sure yeah i think yeah it's a nice slow build and then there's like it i wrote down that like 620 is kind of the big peak and then 640 and what i really like in the audience recording is you can hear the crowd like okay maybe i wasn't into that song at the beginning but that was sick you didn't even need bob weir to sing it right yeah yeah all right brett thank you so much for coming on to attendance bias for telling your story, for giving your opinions, for sharing it with us. I think a lot of people will find it extremely meaningful. I know I did. And that's kind of the essence of this podcast. I want people to tell their meaningful stories. So thank you for having the, the, just the heart to come on and share it with us. No, Brian, thank you so much, man. This is, this is really, it, it just, cathartic for me to tell the story again you know i've got goosebumps over here talking about it and um hopefully it means something to someone and um and even i hope there's someone out there that's like this dumbass trade and read this letter you know because <laughs> then that's funny for someone i don't yeah, know yeah um but i i love i love what you're doing with this show i love hearing other people's stories you know it's it's really special that's what makes this band so special yeah i agree and it's special to hear yours so thanks again All right. Thanks again. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And that's it for today's episode of Attendance Bias. I'd like to thank Brett Kreiner of Illinois for joining me today. I'd like to thank Fish.net for everything they do and Fish.in, Fishin, for the recording used on today's episode. Of course, I'd like to thank you all for listening. If you enjoy Attendance Bias, please support the show by leaving a rating and a review of it on your favorite podcast app. You can also find Attendance Bias on social media, namely Twitter and Instagram. Reach out and I'll send you a free sticker. Thank you again for listening this week and I'll see you next week on Attendance Bias.